Welcome to Hunter's Hub Event Quest. It's been a while since we've done this, but as usual, it's when a magic set comes out, but we're kind of late and early at the same time because the set we're reviewing, Ikora, is out and not out at the same time. Um, hard to explain, but basically it's not in paper magic because coronavirus! Yay! Which we only talked about for the past two months on the every show of this podcast. So... Hi, this is Josh Fortuan, joined by co-host Leah Reiser. How you doing? I'm fantastic. And co-host Darth Tater. Super excited. Could, could you sound even I'm, less excited? I'm not excited? sure whether I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's just like, I've had too long to think about it. So like, I know I'm excited, but I've, I've processed it well. Yeah. I had to, because like we said, it's been out online, it was actually a little harder for me to pare down my list quickly because I've got to play with a lot of the cards, or a decent chunk of them, and mm -hmm. that has colored some of my, some of the cards I Original like. opinions. I, it was really, really hard for me not to put Zenith Flare on my list, just because of how much fun I've been having drafting the cycling deck. Hmm. So you have a more informed opinion than all the other times. Yes. Whereas I have just as little as an informed opinion as ever. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I literally I know picked some of my cards today. Yeah. Well, because I know you don't play online. I don't know. Uh, Tater, do you play online any? A little, but I'm just too invested in I like having the physical cards. I like physically playing. Yeah. No, I definitely just... get that. Don't like the split focus. That makes yeah. sense. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about Ikora Lair of Behemoths, which coincidentally also has a Godzilla crossover uh, where they actually replace some cards, to my knowledge at least, being the least knowledgeable between the three of us. Uh, they've never done any promotion like this where they sort of pl plaster over another card. No, they have not. They've had... They have had crossover cards in promotional items before. Like, they had a set of three My Little Pony cards and some, like, oh, Transformers D&D cards. But those have those always... Those are silver-bordered. They've always, they've always been silver-bordered and specifically their own card. This time around, mm -hmm. they took cards that are in the set and there's alternate named versions of them that are still the same card. You still can only have four total, all of that jazz, but are actually a different... Like, name, art, everything, which made me eat crow talking to a bunch of friends. Because <laughs> there was, like, a, a day or two before it happened, there was a leak, and some of the yeah. cards got out. And they shared it around, and I was like, oh, yeah, those are totally promo items. There's no way that they'd actually just replace the cards like that. Two days later, they announced, and they're like, hey, Lee, uh, what, what was that? And I was like, well, you see, um, Leo can be wrong, too. In this case, very. <laughs> uh, as an aside, give me all of them. Very fair. I am a right. I am a huge kaiju fan. Massive so am I. kaiju God fan. Godzilla was my favorite movie last year, hands down. Was, favorite movie. It was um, solid, and just in general, I love it so much. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, and I, I love God. I love Godzilla. I love the new stuff. I love um one of my favorite action movies. There's a parody of Godzilla, and that made it my favorite action movie. <laughs> Um, what is that? 
Uh, Cranked 2. <laughs> With Jason Stathmos. Stathmos. Statham. Whatever. Statham? Whatever his name is. There you go. I never can say that guy's name right. Um, Statham. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, so, you know, the, the first one, he has to keep a lie through adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second one, he has to do it through electricity. So he has to keep jumping it. So he, he has a part where he hooks his nipples up to a car battery and shocks himself and stuff like that. Well, there's a part where he gets, like, kicked into a transformer in, like, a substation, like a power substation. And they do, like, and a Godzilla parody thing with it. He is literally in, like, a rubber suit of himself fighting another rubber suit of, like, the bad guy. In straight up like old Godzilla slash Power Ranger like fight style where they're wearing oh, a rubber suit fighting each other. It is hilarious. I just died laughing. So good. <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere. It's like, a, like, you know, the crank stuff. It is a serious like, I mean, not serious, but, you know, it is an action movie, right? Yeah. They don't they don't. It's not done for like cheap laughs and that kind of stuff. Like the laughs are coincidental, if anything. And just out of nowhere, this this Godzilla parody, and I'm just oh, like, what that's... the? Oh, I love it. Um, uh, so hilarious. Uh, what we're gonna do here is what we normally do. In case you're a new listener, we're going to do a set review, uh, kind of of Ikora, um, based on the spoilers. Uh, most of the time, we haven't played these cards yet, with the exception of this set and how it's been weird and online already, and Leo's already played it. Um. I don't play a lot of Magic anymore. I'm going to be upfront about that. Um, my normal uh, amount of go- playing Magic was Commander Nights on Wednesday nights. I stopped going. The shop that we play at is horrible. I hate the people there. Not the people playing, the, the, the shop management and that kind of stuff. So I haven't actually played very regularly in probably about six months now, right, Tater? Yeah. So I've played here and there, but like I still keep up to date because I still have a Hydra collection I keep up, and I still, which is still missing a Steelbane. Fuck them for printing Hydras and exclusive card stuff that you can't buy normally. Um, which you also know, happened Commander... twice to this uh, set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, Commander Twenty Twenty comes out along with Acoria, so yeah, yeah, a little and... bit of that thrown in. Right. Be- well, because they mash themes, I you know. I'm... To me personally, I find that as part of the Ikora release. Yeah, uh, but it is separate. Technically, it's separate. They intentionally are like these are the air quotes like Ikoria Commander decks tie in. Right, like, yeah. they're all flavored to it and all that stuff. And that we are supposed to have a couple more Commander decks this year tied to. Yep. I want to say it's like the Zendikar. Zendikar. Set. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's only like the new commanders in those deck will be new cards, which I hope means. Wait, we're going back to Zendikar again. It's a one set return. Oh, yeah, it's supposedly less Eldrazi, more back to the original, like, adventure Zendikar world, which is what mm-hmm. I'm really... We were talking about for. the, like, heavy tribes. Yeah, like, I'll play up allies, play up D&D tropes, that type of thing, and I'm like, yes, give me that in my life. But right. we got core set and the weird jumpstart set before then. Yeah. So. Ooh. We but. got a lot, of, a lot of event quests to do this year, then. Perfect. Oh, yeah. You can hear me and the commander draft set, which will be amazing. Yes, I'm hyped. Right. Um, also, um, event quest is typically used for magic, but we are going to have um, event quest eventually for 
special one-off episodes and that kind of stuff. For instance, uh, we are going to be doing, we as in the podcast, not Darth Tater and Leo, but me and some other friends uh, are going to be doing a uh, event quest uh, episode that is uh, specifically talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses because we all played it and wanted to talk about it and that kind of stuff. So Event Quest is going to be like our catch-all episodes where we talk about a specific subject. This, most of the time, you're just going to hear magic stuff because that's more regular, if that makes sense. Um, so, so anyways, um, so we will uh, we will just go down the line according to how we're appearing on Discord. So Tater, start us off. What is your one of five cards? So my first pick comes from the Commander decks. Going to be the Marquee card on the Arcane Malstorm, the Teamer Commander deck. Calamax mm-hmm. the Storm Sire. One green. Ooh, is this the blue, Stego? Red. Oh yeah. For yeah. four four legendary creature elemental dinosaur. Whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax the Storm Sire is tapped, copy the spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever you copy an instant spell, put a 1-1 counter on Calamax. And he's got some nice little flavor text. Its mood changes with the weather, and vice versa. So this this definitely got my attention, because in the goal of 32 commander decks, one for each color combination, I've always struggled with the teamer combination, and this seemed really fun. Learning the interaction also specifically with, you don't need to attack with it. If you use Court of Calling and actually tap it to Convoke, it will copy the spell. Hmm. Yep. It checks all of that after costs have been paid, and tapping it to pay the cost means that it's tapped when it checks. It's great. So it's it's just this... And I've, I've loved the idea of making Spell Slinger, like Riku the Two Reflections, where I was really like, kind of stuck and wasn't really happy with my, my ideas with it. But seeing this card understanding that I'm just going to do probably something in the realm of terrible as and not powerful things because I can just keep copying them. Be like, uh, seven mana instant to draw two cards is bad, but I get to draw four. Yeah, the <laughs> I have a Riku deck, and the amount of smaller, cheaper effects that are in that deck compared to other commander decks is so much higher because of the... Uh, how much you gain by copying that spell. Like, it's about the only red deck that I'll even have, like, a, you know, small damage effect like Lightning Bolt in, because getting to copy it efficiently makes that spell so much better when it's normally a bit lackluster in in a big multiplayer game. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of just, like, spite bolting somebody's commander. That's also great. I'm going to tap out and play Omnath. I'm going to play this mountain and zap your commander. I don't know how you're ever going to get to five mana. Good luck. <laughs> well, try again. Let's, let's, let's be honest here. That's because of a certain person that you don't like who plays Omnath. Don't lie. <laughs> it was a specific example of something relevant to my life. Yeah, and I don't like their attitude while they play. That is very different than not liking the person. God, I'm gonna say you're gonna probably hear a lot more clicks and scrolling in this because finding these cards on Mythic Spoiler is just a, just a fucking <laughs> headache because of the way they're split up this time. Yeah, I mean I have two tabs open: one for the commander, one for oh, player. I have a tab open per card that I'm talking about at this point. <laughs> 
but yeah, you know, I just, I like it. I like the, the and that's something we'll probably touch on several times. The creature typing in this set is just it, delicious. Like, so good. Elemental Dinosaur to begin with, like, we're starting at a good spot. Yeah. I mean, Elemental Dinosaur is fucking light compared to, <laughs> compared to what we're going to be dealing with here. Uh, one of them almost exclusively picked on because of its typing for me. <laughs> almost exclusively. Other than I the fact that it's actually one a one it is. Just uh, scratching my head will looking be a, at your list. It'll be a surprise. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a Hydra. <laughs> Something tells uh, me. Okay. Well, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll so see. I'll tell next? you the one. Uh, all right. So I'll go next. And um, Ghidorah. Motherfucking Ghidorah. I'm sorry. I have to say it. Like, I love Godzilla. And Ghidorah, obviously I love Hydras. But before anyone starts, Ghidorah's not a Hydra. Okay? He's not. Technically not. He's a he's a beast elemental dinosaur. So there we go. Your elemental dinosaur, we just slapped on beast. <laughs> um, two, green, blue, and red. So he's also a teamer card. Uh, for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature, Beast Elemental Dinosaur, with the new mechanic Mutate, which is uh, a big reason why I like this card also. Uh, mutate for one more generic mana as the initial cost. and has Flying and Trample. Whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land permanent card. Put that card onto the, onto the battlefield or into your hand. So you can hit a spell and put it to your hand, or you can hit... Oh, wait, wait, no, no. It says permanent, right? Yeah, it has to be permanent. But you can choose to not you, put but that you can permanent put it in your hand. play if you don't want yeah. to. Right, I mean, Sorry. you can... Very real thing to your life, you can draw a Hydra that would die and just put it into your hand. Yeah. This is true. Um, but I don't... <laughs> as you know, I actually don't play a lot of Hydras in my decks. I do have one that is a commander for a Hydra, but he plays one other Hydra in that deck. Um, I don't, Hydras aren't really, they're not a strong thing to play on their own or, or in, in large numbers. I would say, I would say, I would say they're more circumstantial to situations. There's not, it's really also a, good to note that, uh, this card does have another name. Uh, well, I mean, who cares? Like Apex of Wishes and yeah, Ilma. Aluna Apex of Wishes, I think, uh, is the name. Yeah, one. it's too small for me to read. Yeah, I don't, I don't Iluna. care. Iluna. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. we're, we're talking about that card also, regardless. <laughs> uh, I don't care. We're talking about Ghidorah. So Ghidorah allows you to mutate, and mutate is the cool mechanic where you basically get the stack cards on top of each other, and they all get those abilities. Now, you, the thing is, like, whatever's on top is the power, the base power and toughness, as I understand it, right? Yes, you can... Whatever's on top is the base power and toughness. So Aluna is really good, too, because it not only does it have the mutate ability, it has Flying it's and also Trample, a six, six. and is a 6-6. Six, six. Like, yes. taking Flying Trample 6-6 six, six, plus whatever other abilities it's picking up from... It's mutations, right. like first strike, which includes or card is. text. Oh, so good. Which includes the card text. So if yes. you mutate on top of this, you get to do Ghidorah's ability again. Yep. <laughs> so uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so like that ability of putting something into play in general is strong, but that's not really what gets me excited. It's the fact that it's a flying trample six six that you can put on top of something else. So flying and trample is already just good 
It's very good. If you pull this card in limited, you're pretty much going to be playing Teamer. There's no doubt. Um, well, thankfully, due to like the mutate cost, you don't even really need to do that. Yeah. You can be playing just blue-red or blue-green and actually mutate it. You don't need right. all three colors to cast these big apex things. Right, because... So, like, that, I, uh, that feels like a really good, like, give me. Like, okay, I know you want to play with this card. Here's how it's easier. Yeah, so instead of... Uh, that is a little bit of a correction there because I, I did I did miss that. So you can play the card normally for two generic and then teamer colors, but in order to mutate, it's three generic and a red or green and two blues. So it's yeah. a very different actual cost for the mutate, which puts me a little bit more in blue than I would ever want to be because I don't like blue that much. But you know, whatever. You'll need it's, at least two. You still get to be. play command tower. It'll be fine. <laughs> It's the um, price you pay to get Ghidorah. Yes. Well, so if I were to make another deck, it would be a Mutate Teamer deck. Because of this card and another card that I'm going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, because I, I actually love the idea. Um, and I actually like Teamer as a color combination. Um, I, I shit on blue all the time because I don't like control. Uh, and I don't really like a lot of people who just continuously play blue and control so that annoys me but then again teamer colors don't really play a lot of control sure it's there like a counter spell here or there for backup but whatever you know what i mean um i'm excited about Ghidorah. i love godzilla i love the fact that Ghidorah is a card um like i find it go ahead I say I find it weird that it's Ghidorah, comma King of the Cosmos, because mm-hmm. I remember seeing like some of the older movies and stuff where it's like there's a version of him with one head that's Ghidorah, and when he has all three heads, he's King Ghidorah. So it's kind of yes. funny that their well, that naming is, is not clear. This is more in line with the King of Monsters, the new legendary picture stuff. Yeah, because they didn't just have Ghidorah in. Um, the Legendary Pictures movies, right? So we're talking about Godzilla 2016 and King of Monsters. Um, there wasn't just a Ghidorah. He just showed up as King Ghidorah from space. There we go. Like, (laughs) um, so that's more in line with what we have here. The art on this card is freaking amazing. Of course, we've got that awesome beam of, you know, like bright yellow lightning. Of course, the golden coloring and his armless figure, which is, I mean, he's a wings, wings, right? So... Um, yeah, I just like all around, I'm excited about this card. I like it a lot. Um, if I were to get a Godzilla card specifically, it would be this one. And I might actually build a commander deck out of it. I'm heavily considering it. And that's actually news to Darth Tater here. We, we talk about magic all the time. Um, yeah, I don't normally Not build a lot, a lot of, I don't normally build a lot of decks, but this one may tip me over. May. <laughs> Maybe. It might get it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Leo, what's your first card? Alright, so my first one um, is actually Kogla the Titan Ape. A, the only card that you'd think would have one of these alternate styles that doesn't. He is... Yeah, because <laughs> King Kong, yeah, which is supposed a, to be in that universe. There is a reason for that that I found out, which led to some other interesting stuff. But Kogla oh. is a... Kogla the Titan Ape is three green, green, green for a seven, six legendary creature ape. When he enters mm-hmm. the battlefield, he fights up to one target creature you don't control. Whenever 
Uh, Kogla attacks. Godzilla. You destroy target artifact or enchantment defending player controls. And you can Which pay is one amazing. Green. Yeah. Or you could pay one to green, return target human you control to its owner's hand. Kogla gains indestructible until end of turn. Now, this is King Kong. Top down, this is King Kong. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> rights sure. to King Kong are not owned by the same company that owns the rights to all the rest of the Godzilla kaiju. Oh. The rights for oh. God, like, currently the rights for, like, Universal and stuff. Universal thus only owns the rights for the King Kong name. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis Company owned the rights to the 1976 remake. RKO owned the rights to the original film. Like, unless something has changed that I missed, like, the rights for got King Kong right now are split across, like, three companies, depending on what they're being used for. And I'm Which sure also that helped. Which also helped, funnily enough, with the whole Donkey Kong lawsuit. Yeah. Um, because it was so split, they couldn't sue for the Donkey Kong name. So Nintendo got to keep Donkey Kong because of that. When did that happen? Uh, like the 80s when it came out. Okay. Yeah, Universal owns the majority of the character rights, but um, it's a... I'm sure <laughs> that is majority. Yeah, I'm sure that Not is only. why Kogla is the only one that you'd really think should have a alt style that doesn't. Also, the card's just right. good. Like, I really like the card. Yeah. It's so obviously flavorfully top down. Like, from the art, it's a giant ape hanging onto the side of this crystal spire with a human in his hand. He. Man, he he's so good. I love this card. It's also a lot of fun to play. I've had it in a draft twice so far i've also drafted this set a lot but it's uh it just is chef's kiss such a card i mean six for uh seven six is nothing to sneeze at too no uh, he comes, especially one that comes in and more often than not just eats a creature that your opponent controls oh yeah like and probably something big yeah it's it's good mm-hmm and then if you have uh, Godzilla on the field where, you know, he survives one extra, that would be amazing because uh, they survive based on power, not toughness. Yep. For that card. Yeah, it ju- that version of Godzilla just barely makes it. Uh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But, so that is, <clears throat> uh, that is the first one on my list. Okay. Darth Vader, like number I mean, two. Sorry? Okay. I was going to say, just w- one... One final thing I wanted to say on Kogla is I really like these green cards and kind of see another mutate card that does this, that just have this artifact and enchantment destruction. I just like that Kogla kind of has that, that nice mix of smack your important creature, attack you, destroy your important artifact, then hopefully you have some little human or something to protect them if they actually try to kill your monkey man. Yeah, he... He punches your he punches his enemies, he breaks your buildings, and he has a little human buddy. Like it's so good. It's like it's like the heavy fi- heavy hairy fisted version of it slices and dices. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I just I was just thinking about that. Yeah, so my my second card is Narset of the Ancient Way. Oh I boy. Have one, a blue, a red, and a white. For a loyal, four loyalty legendary planeswalker Narset. We'll go through the abilities real quick. You have a plus one. You gain two life. Add blue, red, or white. Spend this mana only to cast an on-creature spell. Minus mm-hmm. two. Draw a card. 
then you may discard a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Narset of the Ancient Way deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to target creature or planeswalker. And minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this emblem deals two damage to any target. The biggest reason I chose this is one of the cards I want to talk about is having Narset show up as an actual Jeskai Planeswalker is something that I've wanted since she became a Planeswalker. And I honestly feel like there's a little bit of me that's like, I needed her to show up as Jeskai if she ever showed up again. Yeah. After, you know, the uncommon... Granted, her uncommon version of War of the Sparks seen a lot of important competitive play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just wanting a Planeswalker for each three-color combination eventually. Not that I play a lot of Oathbreaker at this point. I just like that variety existing and she fits the basic rules yeah she gains you advantage by giving you mana if you need it she protects herself by her discard effect which i do really like the idea of you know you don't as punish for multiple copies because you can use her minus ability to toss an extra copy and deal four to something so Mm -hmm. and as far as like commander sense her minus six i don't know if i ever would Two damage at a time is not a lot. Probably just keep plus one, plus one, minus two. But it's a card I like a lot. I like the character. Jeskai's kind of always been my my three-color pair that I've tended towards the most. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see this representation. And even though she's kind of in the story, just barely, Yeah, I, I like seeing her represented in all the colors since we had the creature version and getting back to full Jeskai. Yeah. I I honestly actually really like her emblem because one, you get to it very quickly. And That's true. I wouldn't like I would not discount adding a shock for free to every spell that you cast, especially in a deck using her where almost everything you play is probably a non creature spell. Just getting to, you know, cast ponder and also shock. Cast um you know anything like your your planeswalkers come in with a shock uh your draw spells shock your your burn spells shock harder (laughs) double shock yeah exactly it's like adding that free little bit to it i think is really good and in general i just like the fit of the card i think the how it's put together is really elegant like it feels Mm -hmm. very jeskai and feels very narset Yes. I've got a friend here who is going to be hoovering up every single copy that they can get their hands on. Uh, I, I am a little weirded out, though, looking at the uh, base art for it, that her foot is actually kind of clouding the red mana symbol and her cost. Uh, it's just showing, like she does not care about I mean, the red that much. She's just going and giving it the, <laughs> giving it the crane kick. <clears throat> I actually... Mm. It's interesting that she has that, that non-creature spell... Um, requirement for that plus one because like this is like the most like creature focused set I've seen in a long time yeah like I mean she's like the the one counter strategy to all these giant Godzillas coming in like it might have just been a shoe in like the plane fit wedges yeah it's Mm -hmm. they felt there was an obligation for this wedge character and it just happened. Yeah. And I mean, there's... Sure. Like, a non-creature Jeskai decks are 
like not within the set but as a whole are a thing going on right now and so this feels like the spot to get her put in and mm-hmm. like you know like tater saying check you know check off getting us a finally getting us a jeskai planeswalker that fits with the theme in it and is a a beloved character so i it feels weird but she fits in with the themes even of like that the jeskai colors like the jeskai apex cares about non-creature mm-hmm. spells in this like um it lets you when it mutates it lets you cast them for free from the yard as long as they're cheap enough right so okay well um we're gonna come to the card that uh both darth tater and leo is gonna think of what i think is the the typing that uh that they think that they're thinking that I think is the best, which is the Goat Hydra, the Capricopian. Oh no, no, no! I know, I know the one that you think is best. Oh, uh, you do. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure the one I know the one that you think is type wise is actually best. Okay, um, so Capricopian X and Green. Um, and this is, we don't get very many X and green. I think the last time that we got a Hydra that was just purely X and a color was, um, Mist Cutter. I think it's the last time that happened. Uh, Hungering. Yeah, Hungering Hydra, I think, was the last one. And not Hungry? the most, not the recent, not M20, but I think M19. Yeah, I think M19 mm. had one. Yeah. Okay. I didn't remember Hungering. I thought Hungering had two, uh, two greens, but whatever. Uh, voracious um, you know, the pseudo, a synonym for hungering had two green. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the uh, Capricopian, which, by the way, is a lovely name. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, enter, enters a battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Okay. Pretty standard hydrogen stuff. I love it. This is why I love this card, though. It, it is zero zero, by the way. Um, two colon. Put a 1-1 counter on Capricopian, then you may re, uh, reselect which player Capricorian is attacking. Only the player Capricorian is attacking may activate this ability, and only during the declare attacker step. It can't attack its controller. I love this card. And I love it because it is a Hydra that I will play. I will play this Hydra. And I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you collect Hydras, you play Hydra all the time, you have Hydra decks. People kind of poke at me for that because I, you know, I love Hydras. But all in all, most of them are not really that playable in the stuff that I want to play. Um, this one this one is a good politics card because you slap this mofo down and I, this card... I need actually a couple copies of it because one, it's got to go in my, my collector binder Two, It's going to go in my Gyrus deck, which is the Hydra commander, but uh, it puts some politics in Gyrus that he doesn't currently have. Um, because he, most of the time it doesn't fit because Gyrus wants to bring things back from the grave and this thing would just die because it would just come onto the field with no counters. But um, I do have ways of getting that out of the grave or just if I draw enough just to cast it because I do have just card draw in that deck. Um, but this this allows me to sort of swing in and say like, okay, you're going to get hit for this much because I lot of, have a lot of counter doubling on that deck too. So I can like, hey, I'm just going to pay five mana and this is an A8 
Um, you want to make it a 9-9 and you make it attack this other guy? You want to do that? Oh, yeah, sure. Do you want to make it a <laughs> 10-10 and then redirect it back? <laughs> I just, I love the idea of it being a threat on its own and just sort of everyone being like, nah, I'm going to point this the other direction. Of course, you know, when you get down to one-on-one, it doesn't really matter, but the, the idea of you're kind of creating an infighting situation between your opponents that may break some alliances they have. Because I don't like I don't like playing with a lot of alliances. You can ask Darth Vader. When, when I play in Commander, I am like, no, I'm not taking alliances. <laughs> I don't do it. I, I make deals all the time. And it is... <laughs> it's probably my favorite part of Commander. Especially in... Like, outside my routine play group. And playing mm-hmm. with new pl- new people, I adore making deals with people that don't know me because I will never break a deal. I will always honor it one hundred percent. It might not be in your best interest to make the deal in the first place with me, but I will make you the deal. <laughs> that so that's why I don't like deals because every deal is self serving, right? It's very I mean, hard absolutely. to get an actual mutual deal out oh, of someone. Careful can, wording is important. All, all yeah. my deals are usually mutually beneficial at the moment. No, it no, I like... know. And at the moment is the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but rolling back around to the card, yeah, yes, it is an awesome card. It is. It is. I like the idea that it's kind of a reverse propaganda, where you're like pointing at people and saying, "You better have mana open, or you'll be the person getting attacked in the end." The right. only thing that I think the card really needs trample. Yes, and. Without that, nah. I feel like, especially in Commander, there's going to be a lot of times you're like, well, it's got 16 power now. You can digest my Land of War Elf at this point. Yeah, that's or like, I'll pay two and shoot it at the token player, and the token player is going to shrug and throw one in front of it, of their yeah. 14 or whatever. Here's a plant token. <laughs> yeah. So, now, I, I will plenty say... Plenty of ways to give it trample, but I think it needs it. I don't want to discount the fact Goat Hydra, that is a really amazing typing. Solid typing. Um... Um, between the two Hydras, it's my favorite. Um, but, uh, the, the, uh, the ability for it to, to gain trample is still there. And that, that's part of the politics thing I like about this card, because someone chooses a chump block and then you can sort of surprise on a trample, which does happen in my Gyrus deck quite a bit. Yeah. So... I like that it actually... This is actually one of the very few times that I like that it doesn't have trample. Right? Because it makes the the decision process of who's going to get it a little bit harder for them. Just a little bit. Because I could surprise in that trample. And they actually know that. A, a lot of the people that play against that deck. So I, I like I like playing with known knowledge. It, it's It's fun. Uh, so that, that's it for uh, the Capricopian. Um, so what's next on your list, Leo? Uh, my next one is actually the Inspired Ultimatum, which they brought back the Ultimatum cycle, which is very dope. This one is blue-blue, red-red-red, white-white for target player gains five life. Uh, it deals five damage to any target. And then you draw five cards. The mana cost is insane. The spell <laughs> is very cool to me. I 
it's not the strongest of the ultimatums from this time around. In fact, it's probably the weakest or second weakest. But it's in yeah. Spellslinger. Like, I like the idea of Jeskai Spellslinger decks almost as much as I like Team or Spellslinger decks. This fits in with how I like to play that type of deck. And just in general, I like the cleanness of gain five life, deal five damage, draw five cards. It's a it's a solid package that is not as thought invoking as a couple of the other ones. It's not as intense as some of them, but it's just good, clean ultimatum spell. Like it's it is what I think like the type of thing that I would think of for an ultimatum is just here is a big set of effects that come together and do a big thing. Have fun. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty clean. Like I like I feel like there's a little little part of me like wants to dissect the card and think, okay, the blue part draws cards, the red part deals damage. And the white part games five life, and there's always kind of this recurring discussion in Commander that white's kind of weak. Well, when they keep deciding the only thing a white aspect of a card can do is gain life, yeah, five life I'm sure will matter a lot at times. But thinking like what else it could have been, I draw a blank. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> destroy a random enchantment. Like, eh. yeah, like the I think for this one the white of it fits most because. It, because of how it all ties together, it's supplementing the other two really well. Like, um, yeah, I mean, especially for a one v one scenario in a multiplayer game, that five life is going to matter a lot less. In a one v one, for sure. Like, I had this in a draft, and every time I resolved it, the game was done because I got to either you know put my deal five to my opponent or knock out one of the creatures, gain five life as an additional buffer for the fact I'm tapping seven mana. Right. And drawing five cards to refuel my hand. So I it lets me set up for a next turn where I'm untapping so far ahead it's not even funny. And constructed like 60 cards that might it has that same effect not as much but it it sets you up for a good next turn really well and that life mm-hmm. is part of it. Like the damage and the life are letting you bridge to having five more cards than your opponent does in the next turn. Where and it's very reminiscent of cruel. Yes, it like there's there's non-zero amount of the how this kind of mirrors cruel ultimatum that really appeals to me. Okay. Yeah. It was like it was felt like a very vanilla card for you to pick, but okay. <laughs> Sometimes vanilla cards just speak to they speak to that like designer part in the back of my head that really likes to think about how magic cards come together and how like. Sometimes the best way to implement a, to implement something is just something really clean. I would have what I actually would have liked for a change on this card would have been if the five damage could have been divided. That I think would have really been a, a kick like a a little thing you could do to kick this up a notch, but that also might have been too good. Oh yeah, especially if you're fighting against a Luris deck that has five one toughness yeah, things. Yeah, like you're just wiping a board and drawing five cards and gaining five life. That's a lot, but it, <laughs> so I get why they didn't. But like that's the that is the one change almost that I make. Rather than having White do something else, I'd be like, how about you like, you know, let it split that five somewhere. But it's it's clean. It's simple. I like it. Okay. 
All right, back up to you, Darth Tater, number three. Okay, the unofficial name is better, so we're going to call it Sharknado. But the actual card is named Shark Typhoon. It's five and a blue for an enchantment. While it's in play, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, where X is the spell's converted mana cost. It also has cycling for X1 and a blue. You know, discard this card, draw a card. When you cycle, when you cycle Shark Typhoon, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. It is yep. the combination of, in my mind, a little more aggressive enchantment. Um, I was thinking, I don't remember the name of it. Are you thinking of metallurgical? Like metallurgic. Yeah, metallurgic summons. Yeah, so you you have kind of that aspect of it where you're, you're going to cast a thing and get a token. Granted, you're not going to have that like get your spells back that summonings does, but this is giving you flyers. Yeah, you're getting to slam down an actual Sharknado and potentially have someone who might take themselves very seriously die to Sharknado in a magic game. And that for me is all I need out of my overcosted blue enchantment that i'm going to play in commander in several decks <laughs> like you lose like you lose out on that you know, that spell rebuy but you also gain the cycling aspect like what it cycles into which is oh yeah and also in this this form also is more widespread whereas i think metallurgic is just instant or sorcery this is all non-creature oh yeah that is true i didn't even think of that so you're 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 after this you're going to play your seven mana ultimatum get your seven seven then curve into casting an eight drop planeswalker because these are the things that happen in commander yeah and you know just this whirlwind of threat and flying shark tokens like everything about it's amazing and there's even a partner pairing that cares about shark creature type it's so good like yeah. so this is definitely high on my list of things i want things i want in foil probably the rare that i am most excited to try to get a borderless foil of because it's funny it is very open about being it's shark yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's great because it plays into the fact that like this is the meme like you look at the card and you're like this is sharknado this is the sharknado meme but it like it doesn't feel wrong for this set. It's not like you're sitting there looking at all these other things for a set, and then you're like, oh, and then there's Sharknado, which feels weird. It's like, yeah, it's not like this is an um, Ravnica, and you're really questioning what's going on, except for a weird movie deal. Yeah, like it's oh, this we're on this weird place where giant monsters are constantly mutating and stuff is going sideways. Of course, there'd be a typhoon with flying sharks. Why wouldn't there? It's also important to notice that this isn't the only card that has flying shark. Like, there's two other flying sharks. There's two other flying sharks. There's a shark that doesn't fly but has arms. Yes, uh, which is the pouncing shore shark. Yeah. Say that one fast, shore shark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a counterspell shark. Like, it's... This set just plays into so much fun world building space that oh, yeah. it's not even funny. It just even a, so it just means we're like twelve years away from Shark Tribal Commander. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even like I'm digging the, it. <laughs> the even the normal versions of almost all of the um, Godzilla styles, like their normal version of that card is just cool. 
for most of them. Right. And in some of the cases, I prefer it. Uh, the little red-blue Sprite Dragon alternate, it kind of scares me as it stares into my eyes with that malformed face. I mean, that's old-school Godzilla at times. <laughs> it's very old-school Godzilla, and it's... Dorat makes me uncomfortable. Uh, just give me Sprite Dragon. <laughs> I think Dorat makes me uncomfortable because when you watch openings, people open like seven of them in a collector's box. <laughs> that's also true. That doesn't help. Well, all right. Um, so Shark Typhoon, uh, we'll move on to my third. Is this uh, the creature type you like the most? It is. Yeah. Yes, called it. Uh, Ukima Stalking Shadow, generic, uh, one generic, uh, blue and a black for a legendary creature, Whale Wolf. Holy cow, a Whale Wolf. Um, it also just looks now really it cool. Has, it has partner with uh, some dude I really don't give a shit about. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it's not bad, right? Like, it, it they actually work together very well. Um, but partner with uh, Kazur, Ruthless Stalker. Um, but this is a 2-2, and it says he can't be blocked, but whenever Ukima leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target player, and you gain X life, where X is the its power. Now, here, here's what excites me about this, right? Now, this isn't inherently good with mutate, but you can mutate on top of it. What if you just mutate a bunch of shit? Yeah, like <laughs> and they have to them. go through those layers. And then every time, like they have to take that damage. Mm, that's it's like, you want to get works. rid of this. That's, yeah, yeah if, that's not. If you mutate onto a creature and you, um, whether it's on top or bottom, it's treated as one creature. So if they bounce it, they bounce all of them to the hand. So whatever the toughness is on the time that you bounce it is what you'd take. But if you had, you know, two mutations on it and they unsummoned it, you'd put all three cards back in your hand. You wouldn't be peeling off layers. They still take that damage. They, they still do take the damage. It just wouldn't be oh, yeah, if multiple you, instances. If you slap Ghidorah there, you're probably making them take six. Yeah. No, and I wasn't talking about multiple instances. Oh, okay. um, I was talking about any time that you do that. Yeah. They have to take damage. So this is like, okay, I'm unblockable, right? Now I'm going to mutate Ghidorah, which, I mean, it's not in the colors. You don't want black in the Ghidorah deck. But let's just, per se. So yes. here's my 6-6 six, six Flying Trample that already can't be blocked. It already had enough evasion with Flying and Trample. But, like, now if you want to get rid of it, take 6 damage. Like, holy cow. The And it's, it's weird for me because, like, I don't normally like to play in black and blue. Um just not my thing i i can't even think the last time i played a non-green deck D do you have an idea chance like it just like maybe with a red white deck i played twice like <laughs> that, was, that was probably it yeah like but i really like this card and i really like mutate because mutate allows you to just stick abilities onto other creatures <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So I I don't know. I love it. I just need to mutate with vigilance, which there is one. There is one. It's a white, I think. Uh, well, I mean, you could play this as a commander because his partner is green. Yeah, so you can get a salt. Yes. Have a nice stew. 
I really yeah. like this card for two things. One, the art is amazing on it. It is. It's a really that is cool a beautiful looking, like, werewolf. That now I have a problem with the tail because the tail is entirely too thick. It's at a the chon- end. It's a it chonky ne- tail. It needs to he taper might- off a little bit more because I think, I think it's, it's almost almost thicker at the end than it is where it starts. I think yeah, that looks a little weird to me. I think it's a trick. I don't think we have a good reference for how big it actually is. I think it's actually very big. Yeah, but the um, the other thing I really like with this one is I really like how Okima is probably every ninja's favorite pet. He's mm-hmm. unblockable and nugs them for damage every time that you use him to, you as a ninja. <laughs> in Commander, mm-hmm. that's true. Like it's still a thing in Commander because like we've got Yuriko and I'll. Um, Yuriko decks, and those are dope. And every Yuriko deck I that can get a hold of one of these, I'm sure slots one in. But like, I also play some Canadian Highlander stuff like that, where there's other formats that care about having like ninjas and unblockable evasive threats. And this card is just it's nice. I really like how that all comes together, with or without the partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't really care the about scary the thing. Scary thing the partner does is you have another. My win conditions in the command zone food chain deck. That too. It's true. Yeah. Which, Which I don't to me, like. is not terribly interesting, but like as a partner pairing, playing it just to get smacking, like it's it's nice that the unblockable creature's partner pumps it up whenever it hits a player. But yeah. Werewolf. I mean, come on. It's a Werewolf. Yes. He, he does not need no man. He stands on his own as an amazing card. But yeah. it's nice to see the partner does actually feel like it adds to it well. I feel it's odd that a lot of the partners are some in crazy, like just intensely awesome beast. And then a dude. Uh, Well, that's a, that is a point of the set. I know, but it's so weird. Like they are a big part of the story is these people that have left civilization to have a like intense mental bond with a monster. And I'm just like... The only one that concerns me is the Mardu pairing of the I'm freeing people and saving them and feeding them to my awful demon kitty. <laughs> demon cat. Well, cat nightmare, <laughs> technically, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, on to you, Leo. All right. Number three. My next one is also from the Commander sets. Uh, it's Aeon, Fro- Aeon Frolicker. Uh, it's two blue-blue. For a 5-5 flyer that when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, target opponent takes an extra turn after this one. Until your next turn, you and Planeswalkers you control gain protection from that player. And, probably most importantly, it's an elemental otter. (laughs) He's just Mm -hmm. chilling. He's made out of a typhoon. He's got his favorite rock. His favorite rock on his chest happens to be a big glowing yellow gem. Doesn't matter. Elemental Otter. The card is also very cool. I think it's really neat that you have a time walk on a creature for someone else. And that person can't mm-hmm. hurt you. You get to say, I have an undercosted flyer. In exchange, hey, you, you get an extra turn. Until my next turn, you can't do anything to me. So beat up the other players for a while. I'm going to sit over here and just defend myself from them. But you get an extra turn, and that's big. Yeah, like it's. I I really really like it for the. You're sitting in a commander game. 
the person who goes next, you know, it's your turn. The next turn, like you can t- you can see the look in their eye. They've got the combo, or they have enough board presence to win. And you just play the otter, choose one of the other two people. Like I hope you can do something about it. Yeah. Or even like even if it's like all right, next turn this person is going to go off and kill us, but you know that they're like a green deck that uses crater hoof. Like they go off and they kill sure. everyone in one turn, and then they're you know they might be spent. And if you right. go, you get two extra. You get an extra turn after this one. Either you can you know you just bought yourself some time because now they can't. They're not going to want to go off, kill the other two, and then leave you to do it. Or they do, and you say, "All right, cool. Now it's just you and me." Surprise! I I had the way to deal with you. It's also mm-hmm. a five-five flyer. Yeah, and yeah. I also part of that was I just played a four-man five-five. That flies. In in my defense, because I am a person that does play Craterhoof in my Gyrus deck that I've been talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most underwhelming Craterhoof you will ever see, ever. <laughs> and even because I don't. Even, even like a big crater hoof, like a big crater hoof happens the turn that it comes in, and then the next turn, you know, they still have the board. It's a five five. It's a five five. That's true. If yeah, they can't just... take every, if they can't take everyone out with it, they have to have some kind of follow up, or they don't pull the trigger. And I'm just like, that's great. I normally do. Think. More draw I normally... steps are always good. I normally end up taking out most people with a crater hoof, not everybody. Yeah. And the reason reason for that being is I am a very cautious player at the same <laughs> time. As much as I, I I do play crater hoof, but like I you can ask like uh, you can ask Tater here. Like I don't I don't go for a lot of those quick combos in my deck. It's there, but it's there when I really need to get someone out of the way. Mm-hmm. Not really um blow everything up although i do have cards that blow everything up and i love it you know these are the words he's saying but i do remember playing multiple games that uh multiple token doublers <laughs> and gyrus revives crater hoof he makes six or eight copies of crater hoof all the tokens that trigger at once is and, a thing uh, too you know up just... to seven players would have died so i don't know how much i'm buying what you're selling right now that's not normal. That's like perfect storm for that deck too. <laughs> that is not normal play. I can't. I can't reliably do that. Yeah, but it, it does really touch on a, a really wonderful thing on this card that you gain that protection till your next yeah, turn. Yeah, it's not for the yeah, turn so that even you gave them. Yeah, it's and like I said, it's an otter. I. More than any other be like any other creature on this earth, I adore otters, and they finally gave me multiple. <laughs> yeah, actually, no joke. Foxes and goats are my favorite bunch of them in this set too. Yep, I like cats. I've been very pleased. <laughs> you've you've just been getting like a an embarrassment of riches over the past couple of years. Oh yeah, since it's since Amonkhet, like that's something I did yesterday. Like I wanted to do something magic. I wanted to do something that wasn't just waiting for Ikoria. So I finally got Erebo Roar of the Wild, that deck out and put some upgrades in, was thinking of the cards that I'm gonna add in and kicking myself for not keeping a lord from Modern Horizons. Yeah. So I've already in that in that mental state of like, yes. This is going to be the only commander deck right now that's going to have a companion because 
the precon of Erebo only had cats to begin with, so it automatically fits the green white pre yep requirement. It does. All creatures have to be like I think it's the the creature types of the apexes. So it's yes, dinosaurs, cats, nightmares, elementals, and beasts. Yeah, it is because that's. I mean, that, again, is a part of the, the world building of this. Each triome has a predominant species, which are those five. It's uh, so good. And we'll, we'll talk about companions more later, too, because one of them's an odd. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of them's five colors, so, yeah. I still have not found this otter. I've and been looking the whole time we've been talking. Eon Frolicker? Oh my the, God. He's in the he's in Commander Twenty. He's not in the regular one. And he's a rare. Yeah, if that helps. No, it doesn't, because it's all just wishy washy. On because I'm in the new right, because it's the only way you can see the commander stuff off the cuff. For me, and I just bleh, I can't find it. <laughs> well, we can just move on then. What I want to see is it. All right, anyway, it's your turn. Go ahead. Darth Vader, number four. My fourth card. We're going back to the ultimatums. Going to what I think is easily the most uncomfortable. And red-black slash red-black and more color uncomfortable cards is something that I've really shooed myself into when I'm not playing Grookug. We've got Ruinous Ultimatum. Red-red, white-white-white, black-black. For a sorcery. Destroy all non-land permanents your opponents control. It's so we've got a good. Nice little quote from General Kudro here. Strike those abominations down. Let their names rot with their remains. It is a non-blue, you know, overloaded cyclonic rift that has a very honest mana cost. I... And I'm going to get to resolve this card in Commander at least once at some point. I don't and everyone's going to groan, and at least one person's going to go, well, he played a seven hard-costed seven-mana sorcery against three opponents who re- didn't react. Yeah. We deserve to lose. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you resolve and wipe out all the opponents with a ruinous ultimatum, you earned it. Like, it is... Okay, I, I am think... not a purveyor of this line of thinking, Okay. Not every deck plays counter spells and ways around this stuff. <laughs> not not every deck. Every deck can also protect their things. Yeah. Like, like they're you play green, almost only green. Green does have a card that gives all of your permanents indestructible until end of turn. Uh, again, that that goes against the what I'm. The, 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 I hate that. I hate when people are like, "No, you have to counterplay against this really card because you." I deserve to win if you. I got this through. That doesn't make any sense to me because, like, if you're playing a okay. sliver deck, they're just fucked. Like, right? No, like, not at all. They're probably going to combo on five mana. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm never going to get to my seven mana source. I mean, that's right, also but funny. if they don't, if they dirtle and they don't have that answer, uh, you know what I mean? Like, not every deck has a good answer to everything. No. You know what I mean? I mean, that's part of how Everything ma- has how... possible answers. Yeah. But that's also part of how magic and works. There are s- and there are some things that are just dangerous enough that it has to be on your radar. Crater Oath has to be on your radar. If someone's playing Mono Green in Commander and they're not playing like some very tuned Savala combo... I'm not saying like, you shouldn't be aware of it. I'm just on your list of that, things like, that you think you're going to die to, Crater Oath should be high. I did just because you played that card doesn't mean I deserve to lose. That I did, I think that's a very sensationalist statement. 
No, nobody ever deserves to lose. It's a game for fun. The point is, it's hilarious. I found Aeon Frolicker. <laughs> Holy cow. <All> right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's beside Ukima. Jesus. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm smiling really big. But yeah, it is a pretty devastating card for a lot of mana. It will get groans. It will end games. Yes. I'm excited. I don't I don't like that about you. It's... It will get groans is a is a feature. No, thanks. <laughs> it wins <laughs> games. That's a feature. <laughs> that's true. No, that's a side effect. It's... I, I like, like I said, I like the red, black, uncomfortable cards. Yeah, like, uh, so good. Oh, what is it? Slaughter games is one of my favorite things to do in Commander. That's not that because, is not, like, that is not bad. Yeah. Having that surgical there precision. Are, there are just a few people that I play games with that when I'm playing Mardu or Red Black, and I'm like, okay, it's four man. I'm going to cast the Slaughter games. I'm going to name you because I know pulling this one card out of your deck means you can never win. I don't yeah. know why you only have one win condition, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's that's always a bad day. Yeah, it's... Well, the counterplay, I would say, usual, without any actual, like, hey, I'm going to counter this card, or B, make it everything indestructible, or avoiding the problem entirely is to not overplay your board state. Yeah, I mean, there's... That's... There's, that's the and there's also three people to smack to you back. Yeah, like, there's a lot of wear on us. Like, you have to... You have to shoot your shot because it might be, you know, you can't even trust. Not everyone has to have a counterspell, but that's three opponents where, you know, a couple of them. No, might... no, no. I'm, yeah, in the case of casting this, no big deal. I'm saying you can't always worry about this stuff coming out, oh, but yeah. you also have to, you have to worry a little bit about your board state because that's, that's where I get caught up is overplaying my board state where I'm not doing enough with enough big things out, but I still have enough that if I lose everything, it's pretty devastating. So I tend to, I, I've been learning to underplay my board state and just sort of keep a, a presence going and then really ramp up the, what I need on the field when I'm actually going for a kill and not yeah. just sort of letting things get there and get killed that I need. So that was one of the big problems I had with my Eryxmethes deck. Is my Eryxmethes deck could not finish, and then it would everything got blown away, and it was just done. Like <laughs> it was just dead. But now we have a three-drop octopus. We do. <laughs> I mean, one card isn't going to fix that deck, man. <laughs> Probably not. No, that deck was. Oof. <laughs> I had I had ideas. They just didn't work. Yeah, I, I like the art on this, too. It reminds me of the 300, then we will fight in the shade. Yes. Makes me think more of mass murder, honestly, because you do see, like, just lots of things That dying. is true. There, there are many things dying. It's it's very well, It's just the enough arrows to blot out the sun is, is what I'm thinking. Yes. Devastating force. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything more on Ruinous Ultimatum? It makes things go boom. I like that it's, I like that it's uncomfortable. Apparently you don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. You know I don't like board wipes that much. I don't like the fact that one card can blow away seven turns of progress. But hey, you know, magic is a, is a game for people that I normally don't like, so... <laughs> Shrug. 
no one plays magic the way I like to play magic. <laughs> um, so we have a, uh, uh, for my number four is Zaxara the Exemplary, uh, another Hydra. So this is uh, one generic black, green, blue. So another black Hydra. We're beginning a lot of, not a lot, but we'll get more black Hydras and some more blue Hydras. So this is interesting. Um, that it kind of sits in there because they were like straight up red green for a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, Gyrus broke that with having black in his identity. And then we had the two blues. So now we have, of course, you know, you can, you can count, um, what's his name? The one I don't like. Progenitus. Progenitus. Yeah. I don't, it's not that I don't like him. He's a cool card. It's just that he's the least Hydra, Hydra ever. He very leans into the avatar side of his Hydra avatar type line. Right. Um, That's very fair. Um, so this legendary creature, which is a Nightmare Hydra, which is super colorful for a Nightmare Hydra. A lot of reds and yellows and stuff. But anyways, um, has Death Touch for a 2-3. Um, tap, add two mana of any one color. Uh, whenever you cast a spell with X and its mana cost, create a 0-0 zero, zero green Hydra creature token then put X plus one plus one counters on it. So this guy is really just meant to sit there and create more Hydras. Yeah. He is like the plague of Hydra. It's uh, a, so good. Uh, and like you could swing in with him, but I feel that's a waste. You're he's more there to be a Hydra. That is a almost a mana dork. Um, that will just, you know, kill anything that it blocks if you need to. Um, and then on top of that, you create more Hydras. And if you cast a Hydra with an X, you create another Hydra on top of that. Like, <laughs> you, get a ba- you get a backup Hydra for the Hydra. All of your other, like, X spells give you a Hydra to go along with them. It's right for free. And it's really good. And it makes those like it feeds mana into those X spells. It's it's very yeah. good. It makes me very excited. It is I a think good card. card that makes villainous wealth better is amazing, and this does exactly yes. that. That's true too. Villainous uh, wealth, torment of hailfire. I mean, sure, torment of hailfire usually is just winning you the game, but like a lot of the blue my, X draw cards. <laughs> I feel like this is the best Hydra that I will never play. Uh, that's that's the problem. I don't like playing Sultai because I don't like a lot of the cards that lean into Sultai for like their strategies. Mm-hmm. I just don't. So I, it's just I love the card. I just I don't see me playing it. And then again, I didn't see myself thinking about building another deck too. So who knows? <laughs> Especially a teamer deck because blue. But yeah, um, I don't really have a lot to say on this card. I, it pretty much explains itself with the creating X charges. I like the nice little touch of death touch because that 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 is a good backup plan if you absolutely need a block with this thing. Um, but it's having death touch on an attacker isn't really going to help you as much with this this card in particular with a lower power than a toughness. So it's good. It's solid. I love it. It's a Hydra. Um, probably going to get stuff for the collector's thing and probably never play it unfortunately um that's it for me number four leo my number four is lutri the spell chaser uh lutri the spell chaser is one and 
Uh, two is it hybrid for a three two with flash. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose mm-hmm. new targets for the copy. Uh, Lutri is a companion. This particular companion is actually banned in Commander, but uh, yes, <laughs> because its companion, its a uh, companion trigger or like companion requirement is each non-land card in your starting deck has a different name. Turns out in a hundred card singleton format, that's not actually a restriction. Who, who? Hey, it just tells you you can't play seven dwarves. True. This is correct. You can't play seven dwarves or persistent petitioners in with your Lutri deck. Now you can't play Lutri with that deck because it's banned. Um, well, Ravenous Rats, right? Is that the other one? Ravenous Rats, Rat Colony, both are that. Uh, there's a couple. Yeah. Shadowborn Apostle. Those are the yeah. Those are those are ones in black. So your Grixis deck can't have Lutri with those. Um, again, what what really matters about Lutri is that. Uh, Lutri is a legendary creature. That legendary creature is an elemental otter. He is so happy with his lightning ball. Just look at him. He's he is so happy. He's like, I I, I like that he does have like that that happy face. But the thing is, like for for me, like he also looks like he is happy yet mad. He's like, I am Kamehameha-ing the fuck out of you right now. Every otter like has, that's th- every otter has their favorite rock. His rock happens to be a ball of lightning. Perfect. (laughs) I will kill you all. (laughs) And enjoy... I'm going to kill you all, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to look really cute while I enjoy it. Right. It's sad that we had to ban him, but, you know, having discussions with other people pretty intensely, it was all about, you know, it didn't matter how powerful he was. It only mattered that if you played a deck with blue and red, you just you got a hundred and first card for no downside, which I you just had to have one, and then all of a sudden, regardless of how good the card is, he's a ten fifteen dollar card. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess we should say what companion is as far as like commander and in general. Companion lets um, it is a way for you to have this card start outside of the game, and then you can cast it and bring it into the game in. Um, 60 card normal formats it's a card in your sideboard that you choose one of them to reveal at the start of the game you can only do so if you meet the companion cost which again in this one his requirement is that all non-land cards in your starting definitive name there's one for every two color pair um they all have a different requirement all nine others are legal in commander they're a hundred and first card they don't exist in a sideboard they exist in their own place um, and again, as long as you meet their requirements, you can play all of them. You can play one of them and have them as an extra card. Just Lutri was too good, which made me sad. Riku was about to have a new favorite pet, but I get why mm-hmm. it's not. Now Riku is going to have a pet that sits in the companion slot and doesn't do anything because he's still going to be there in spirit. I like I'm that. also and- going to own as many copies of this card as I physically can. <laughs> That's a... That was another fun discussion point I had. Yeah. It's just saying that a friend's like, you know, and I really wanted to be able to commander deck on it. Now, to be honest, this friend talks a lot about magic, but never plays. That's fair. So it was a free roll, technically, for me to say, go ahead and build the deck. I'm not going to be offended if you sit down and play Lutri as a commander. And the deck will never be built, but that is actually my opinion. Like, 
Yeah, I can see a lot of people... Because of the companion wording, that's why it's banned, and we don't want to go back to, like, banned as companion or any, you know, crazy things like that. Yeah, same. Banned as commander was a bad time. Yeah. I do like, as a as a small tweak, I like on top of everything else, there's a good few cards in this that say when you cast do a thing, like, do its ETB... Which is really good, because, yeah. like, this otherwise would sit in that same spot that, like, Dual Chaser, Dual Caster Mage does, where with Heat Shimmer effects, you suddenly get an infinite combo. They're like, no, we're going to make sure that with this one, you can only get that copy if you cast it, not if you made, like, a token copy of it or something. Which, I, I guess right. Heat Shimmer wouldn't matter with this one, because it's legendary, but still, it, it it's that nice little twist in verbiage of, you know, they're tightening down on templating to make some things a little cleaner and not as nonsensical. Yeah. Precisely. Plus, you know, hybrid man is fun. Yes. I, I, I do really like that all they chose for all of the companions to make them a hybrid mana instead of a one of each for the um, combos. It really made them more versatile, which I like a lot. Well, um, speaking about hybrid mana, let's move on to Darth Tater's final one. Well, knowing who I am, I'm getting to the five-color commander card. We have the green-red companion, Gigantha the Wellspring. He has four and a hybrid green-red. The only companion that is two of his, you know, guild colors. Only to... one of his guild. Everything yeah. else has two of those dual symbols. Yep. He's a legendary creature, Elemental Elk. He's a 5-5. His companion requirement is no card in your starting deck has more than one of the same mana symbol in its cost, which is hilarious because it means he meets his own requirement, but no other companion meets his requirement. Yep. <laughs> and he taps for Wooburg. Tap, add Wooburg. Uh, you know, yep. one mana of each color. But yep. it says this mana can't be spent... To- to pay generic mana costs. Which I did not realize the until the fourth time that I cast the card that it did that. I was wondering <laughs> why on Arena I couldn't use the colors that I wasn't like needing to cast the card to help cast a spell with them. And I was like, why is it still tapping my lands? And then I finally That's actually funny. read the card and I was like, oh, my free 5-5 five five in my starting hand actually does have some tiny drawback. Oops. Uh, that does make me like it more because I love cards that people don't read well enough. I mean, you'd read through but, all of this text and you just see tap Wooberg, and I'm like, done. I know what this yes. does. <laughs> You're sold. Like, I, I love this. I was definitely like completely on this card for I have a commander deck that has a generic name of Lucky Charms. The idea is you play all these all of the char- like all of modal the spells, and a lot of them have the name charm. Yeah. Like there's you know the cons block, you know, their Jeskai charm and stuff like that, and there's yeah. some of the older dragons have charms, and playing some stuff like commands because they have modes. So it's like, he's absolutely a companion for that deck. Let's get into this deck, swap out the few cards I think I need to. When it got over 17 cards had to come out, I had to give up oh, on wow. the idea. And it just came down to all of the board wipes like, want double white or double black, and Okay. Oh, we just lost. Beyond that, I love the card. I just like, lost I would, Darth. Did you lose Darth? Even definitely oh, consider it as a okay. commander. I'm the only thing that really feels like 
Yeah, he has bad. I don't know up there. Go ahead. A shortened punch, or maybe a misstep, I guess, because of this mm-hmm. card, is we have this cycle of cards called Mythos, where it cares if you spent, for the two generic cost of them, the other two colors that kind of fit that wedge. So, like, the Mythos of Aluna is the blue one, but it cares if the two generic mono was red-green. So you have these great cycle of powerful cards that really want you to be on the plan of being able to make all three colors of your mana consistently, and you're not allowed to do it with him. Yeah, it's... Mm. There are like there are some obvious things that you'd think would work really well with Gigantha that don't, and that's a downside. But at the same time, that's actually kind of good. It would be very powerful to... It balances just, them out. Yeah, to just yeah. start every game with a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five that tapped for 5-mana. But it's... Yeah. And, Absolutely, absolutely understand that like it could go, it could go crazy. But it was just a card that, at some point, one of my three or four or five color decks will meet the requirement, and I'll be super happy to play him, or he'll just become the commander of Lucky Charms at some point. Yeah. Like it's just, as far as the companions go, I don't think we needed a, a five color commander out of this set. I'm happy that we got it, mm-hmm. and I think his requirement is kind of mild like it is a little weird that hybrid mana kind of gets punished from him even though he makes it really easy to cast hybrid mana cards he does yeah but yeah like double hybrid manas are weird with him or you know don't work with him unfortunately but it's it's just really neat let's 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 clarify don't work with his companion yeah well don't work with his companion trigger do work for his you, tap ability. Right. Absolutely. Yes. But, I mean, he could be something like, I don't know how many how many builds of Reaper King keep the mana base clean, but you know, Reaper King's all mana is different symbols. Most Scarecrows are colorless, so yeah. might he might be a little bit of a free roll if you give up some of your, if you're on some of the double black tutor effects. Yeah, that, right. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, he's yeah, he's probably was... the he's probably the only companion that ends up fitting really into Reaper King builds and fits in for just about free in at least some of them. Yeah, another deck I have I have a uh, five color group hug using um hmm, I can't think of his name. It's Papa Kendrith. Oh, uh, Kendrith Return King. Yes. And, you know, okay, you're you're going to have to pay, like, a lot of generic mana to use up all the mana from Gigantha every turn if you tap him. But it's like, oh, okay, this, this will sh- shoe in very well, and I'll be able to cast all these spells and have a lot of fun. And then one card broke it. I, I have to have the Nyx Bloom Ancient. Ooh. Oof. Because it's so funny to copy Nyx Bloom Ancient. <laughs> it is really and... funny to copy Nyx Bloom Ancient. Other, G- otherwise, Gigantha would be a great fit because Kenrith was turned into an elk. Yeah. See, flavor win. Yes. Oh, now I he, didn't know that. That's hilarious. Has, yeah, Oko turned <laughs> yep. like the entire story of like whatever led up to, um, led up to that set was uh, Oko turned King Kenrith into an elk, and uh, Will and Rowan had to find him. That's so much more interesting oh. than I thought it would have been. Yeah. They, they had to go save their dad, who Oko turned into an elk, because 
I actually don't know why that happened. I just know that Oko elked the king, <laughs> as Oko's do. Because it's Oko. Yep. Because it's Oko. But yeah, basic thoughts. I love Five Color Commanders. He, he offers another twist on things to do, and even just in the command zone, like, Lucky Charms for a more pure take on it, of maybe just purposely playing crazily costed cards, you know, maybe not just being Lucky Charms, doing like, all five Apex Predators in this set, plus maybe all of the Khans Legends, you know, back in Khans block. So, it just gives gives more to the archetype that never needs more, and for some reason they keep giving me more for my five-color commander decks. It's a popular archetype that people want. And Gigantha does have, like, a spin on it that's different. It makes you, makes mm-hmm. you think of it more than just slamming in every, you know, every good card that you want in any set of colors to put together. I didn't think about it till just now, but probably uh, five-color Sisse is the thing he's most dangerous in. Ooh, probably. Just paying a huge chunk of her cost to go get whatever you feel like. Yeah. And can easily meet the requirements. Here's the thing. Even though it wouldn't work, Progenitus also is half paid with that card. That, that is true. I mean, just put Progenitus in the deck. Yeah, just have it. Yeah, so just put Gigantha effect. in the deck. Yep. Doesn't even need to be the companion. He's just chilling there. You'll draw your elk eventually. Yes, it's true. I, I have been thinking, though, of like, in the eventual Gigantha, all this nonsense. Was it Kahira? The... Green White just kind of naturally wants to be his companion. That's, that is true. Yeah. So maybe that's like how I revive my five color elemental deck is he's the commander. Horde Notions in the deck. Everything's an elemental. We have Kahira standing by the sideline. Uh, well, Kahira. No, that, yeah, that would work. Yeah, because Kahira checks that. that. That would totally work. That'd yeah. be dope. Two companions? No, you can only do one. But uh, Once, yeah. But the other companion... I mean, you can have... It's a legendary creature. It still can be the commander, so you have that as commander. Yeah. That'd be really yeah. good. <clears throat> I like this. Yeah. And then makes my commander a 6-6 six, six Vigilance, get in a good whack before I tap him for mana. I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be so many decks brewed in my head before I can play paper again. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I might have to do a... Uh, Darth Tater and I play commander together some nights just to... <laughs> Get his stuff out. All right, you pilot three decks at the same time, and I'll sit here and play my Gyrus and lose. Heck, for a couple of years, the only magic that I played was my wife and I just played heads up commander, just one deck each, and just played against each other. Would make some tweaks as new stuff came out, and we ordered it. That's all we did. It's the only magic we played. I had mm. some friends that are doing like webcam gaming on Fridays, yeah. and I think I'm just gonna have to get a webcam and join them. Yeah. Yep. She's a good alternative, honestly. It's, it's not too bad. Well, um, should we move on, or do you have more to say about this wonderful elk? I have elked all I need to elk. He's very majestic. Okay. That's about all I got. Oh, he's a good <laughs> card. I, I love him. I, I just, yeah. Red, green, and then I was like, oh, Blueberg? Oh, come on. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's good either way. Um, 
so my last one is is, is uh, a little surprising because it's an uncommon, um, but I love him for certain reasons. Uh, so Glowstone Recluse, which is too generic and a green for a spider. Not even a good creature type, just a spider. Um, has reach, and whenever this creature mutates, put two 1-1 counters on it, and when a mutate cost of four. Now, the reason why I like this is tying back into Ghidorah for me, okay? So this is like my little theory, theory crafting of a commander deck with Ghidorah as the commander. Okay. Because it's counters, wouldn't they stay? Yep. That's that oh, is yeah. that is a big part of why that card is the way it is and why there's a couple other um, Right. There's a couple other creatures that specifically are like Like the egg. Yeah, the, the egg, egg does the gets same bigger. thing. With one. Um there's the adaptive shimmer, which is a it's a flash five mana three three, but it's actually a zero zero with three counters on it. Like yeah. there's a a non-zero amount of cards built around doing that so that the the end result top creature is a beefier boy. Oh yeah. Right. So this card is what inspired me to put the the mutate uh, idea together in my brain. Because of the the counter staying on, you can now make a decently Weird and although very inefficient, um, Voltron deck. Yes, you sure can. And <laughs> I this and this the subset of other cards that grow when mutated. Like there's a couple others that are based on it. Have been mm-hmm. my f- flavorfully my favorites to play with in like draft, especially because yeah, there's a couple times where like you'll want to mutate just to get like the mutate triggers on something. And when you do that, like you mutate and you're like, okay, sweet. I'm going to slap this on and it's going to make the creature even bit way to know. Never mind. The creature that's already out size wise is the biggest. I'm just adding this ability. That's all I'm doing. And you, you're like, I feel like this, I should make it bigger. It doesn't. And no. then you have, but then what? you have like Glowstone Recluse or the, the bird Fox that all have like, no, when this mutates, the whole thing gets bigger. doesn't matter which one's on top. Vulpa it's going to get huge. Vulpa Keats so good. Yes. I just love the name. It's... <laughs> um, so I'm excited because like this this deck was, was the one uh, that I've been thinking of lately. It, like I said, it's the first one I've thought of in a long time. And it is a teamer mutate deck. And I love when I see pieces coming together. It's like, you know, you're seeing the pieces sort of fall into place of certain things. Of course, then there's, you know, staple cards you got to have in Commander, like Soul Ring and blah, blah, blah. blah. But like... I, I, you know, I like to think of like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep on a mutate theme. And I think there is a mutate theme for the commander deck releases. So that's even. Yeah, there closer. are. There are the Sultai one. Yeah, there are <laughs> mutate cards that are. Yeah, but um, Sultai shares two of the colors. So. Yeah. There are mutate cards that are specifically only in the commander set. Um, yeah. Which is still just totally dope. So, yeah, I Let's like go. it because you get to keep the counters when you mutate amazing it, it's real good in draft <laughs> i've had some very interesting monsters because of that card see that seems like the five color commander dream can you make a 20 card pile <laughs> just like stat you just have them stacked up and are like turning chunks of your deck 
And then, you know, you get stuff like, uh, I don't know, a doubling season in there. And, you know, and, and it'll be good. You got yourself it'll a stew. <laughs> so, if you make, like, if you clone a mutated card, is it everything? Yes. That, I am not <laughs> going, there is a, there is a non-zero amount of the fact that as a judge mascot, as my official level, that I am very sorry for my judge friends that have to deal with this in paper when it releases, because when you make a when you make a copy of a mutated monster, that copy is all of it, top to bottom, at the time that it came into play. <laughs> then you have two versions of that that suddenly diverge on this weird parallel timeline evolutionary path where one of them can keep mutating in one way and the other can mutate in different ways, but you have to figure out some way to track what the starting point was. If it's a sticky note, that's your best option. Mm -hmm. It's there is, I think it's going to play. I think mutate is going to play cleaner than people expected. Now that I've gotten to play with it on arena, I can see where most of the issues are fine. Once you put it in play, put it into play, in paper, you like, you're like, you know, here's the stack of three you creatures. I, you know, I doomblade it. Okay, that stack goes all away. That's fine. I bounce it. Okay, that stack goes all to my hand. That's fine. Yeah. I copy it, and that's the point where in paper you're like, I'm upset. <laughs> well, copies yeah. have always kind of been that way too. Yeah. Like when you're like, Clone Legion's been my favorite card. I don't play because. It's awful. The, ma- the process. The main it. frustration I've seen, I've seen with it, is that it doesn't work intuitively like other copy effects, which, because of the way magic and layers work, only checks the base creature, not any other stuff that's been changed to it. But right. the weird thing is that mutate changes the base of the card, and that's weird. And me- it's a little me- like there are some parts of mutate that are a little messy. But there's a lot of mutate so, that's amazing, and I love. I, I have one burning question. I have whoa, 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 half whoa, of a burning really answer. Talking about. Okay, I think I really understand. I've got my mutate pile. Let's just say it's three cards yep. for the sake You've of this. Got three cards. I f- I flicker it. All of a sudden, all three are sitting on play. I believe that's the case. I don't think there's anything when it leaves play and comes back that ties them together. I believe flickering a mutate pile splits it. I can't 100% say for sure, and that is not something that has come up for me in in Arena. There are actual flicker effects that just, it just hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, Now, what what would your opinion be of my hideous mutate pile? Um, Let's just go back to, it's getting Doombladed. Yes. Before Doomblade resolves, I give it Undying. What comes back to play? I believe what comes back to play is whatever creature is on top. Okay. Or it might be all of them gain on dying and come back. I have to write this down, actually. Because um, <laughs> mutate plus on dying. I'm going to. Because I had a nice talk with a friend who's a judge uh, when it came out. Like when the spoilers really hit because we were playing some Monster Hunter. Yeah. And I just hadn't got to those questions yet. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I, I like this idea of making the best amalgam pile of limbs you can 
and just hadn't got to these, okay, if I super overload on mutate... Like, what happens? Is all of a sudden my one mana or two mana black spell that gives Undying my saving grace? Because all of a sudden my board just went wide? Yeah, or it's, it's, am I just keeping my favorite boy? So like, when, I don't know. When sets come out, I always go through all of the cards and very quickly memorize almost all of them. I pretty much mm-hmm. never even look at the judge rules because I... That's not a thing that I really need to interface. And most of the time, they're pretty simple. So I'm like, okay, they're right. like, they have the in-depth corner cases on these cards, but I know enough of the game to not worry about that. Uh, with this one, I didn't read it, and I kind of don't want to now because it scares me. Um, this is, <laughs> these are the type of questions why there is a judge that is, um, that is pseudo-local that I know. Uh, every time he gets asked a question pertaining to a commander game, his response is, you got yourself into this mess, you can get yourself out, and walks away. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. That's not nice. That's amazing. <laughs> he very specifically, he does not judge casually. He only judges competitive events. He's a fantastic judge. And that is, most of the time, that has, he plays it off as a very joking answer in stores where he can comfortably do it. Um, and it will be a He's judging a large event and a commander game is going on on the side, and they'll be like, "Hey, judge, how does this work?" And I'll be like, "You got yourself into this mess. You can get yourself out." Also, I I do not actually have time to be to give you this hand. I'm doing something right now, but that is always yeah. has been his answer. This is also the type of question I would go downstairs ask my wife, and she would probably throw something at me because <laughs> uh, she's also well, she's also an L two judge, and she's would probably have the answer to this. But she'd probably be very well, upset at it. You're you're welcome for your future anguish. Uh, it's you know where to find me for more anguish. I literally have a sticky <laughs> note just mutate plus undying on my like, next to my computer right now. So I'm gonna find this out later. Check back in the comments for the answer. Don't actually check back. I will probably forget to put the answer in the comments. I just I just like the fact that mutate is like the ultimate form of enchantment stacking. It's, that like. You're going to have a bad time when you get lose that monster. I don't care. Yeah. I'm so much a casual player, it hurts. It's <laughs> it's so... Like, they, they did use some of the bestow technology of if you remove what's being mutated onto when the mutate is on the stack, it just comes in as a creature. It doesn't trigger. It's when this mutate yeah. stuff yeah. happens. But they removed but it's there. that. They removed that part of the two-for-one, which is nice. That is yeah. a little bit of balancing, but, like... They did a just quit like aside with mutate. They did a really good job balancing this draft format with a lot of good removal at all, you know, at all rarities, not just uncommon. And that really mm-hmm. balances the fact that you can go all in and have a scary mutate monster, but you are risking getting blown out by your opponent if you do. And your opponent most opponents in most colors have a way to do it. Maybe not as efficiently, but it's there and it's just it is that's, delightful. That's why if I do this deck, it's going to be running a lot of of green protection. Oh yeah, like just and it has blue, so it's going to have counter spells as well, just to keep things going. So just just play the creatures that counter when they come into play. You don't even have to pretend you're a real blue deck. Just don't you? I just played a dude. It happened to counter a thing. Well, it's a shark. I'm thinking <laughs> stuff like sheltering word. It's like hey, here's my thirty thirty mutated piece of shit. Oh, sheltering word. Here's thirty life on me. Fuck you. Right. You can't target him. That's not. Don't, uh, even, don't even need to start there. Mutate says non-human. 
You can mutate elves. Most huh. you can have a slippery bogle. That's a uh, that's technically I want to say a bogle. goblin or a bogle, I, whatever the actual creature type of it is. It's a green blue one one with you hexproof. start with hexproof. Start with oh, Silhana yeah. Ledgewalker or Glade Cover Scout. Those are elves with hexproof. You can have an mm-hmm. elf nightmare beast horror elemental cat <laughs> that hits for twelve. Tw- that's a twelve twelve flyer and gets you fourteen free cards when you mutate onto it. Like. I like the idea of, like, taking something like that that has hexproof, right? Yeah. And then putting the initial egg on it that gives everything a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So, like, uh, just, like, it goes back to egg form. I don't think the and egg has hatches mutate. as a spider. The egg doesn't yeah, have mutate. The egg is specifically... Well, it will start, it is start as an egg. Start right? with spider. <laughs> start, with, start as an egg, and then it becomes a spider. <laughs> yeah. You can do so and much then, like, stuff. Like... Uh, so I'm I'm gonna be looking at a lot of mutate cards coming up. It's a very it's a very neat mechanic. I really like it, and it. I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to get a hold of the hydras because I still can't get a hold of the steelbane. I still can't. So I. <laughs> That's also a rough translation for I'm not giving him the only one I have. <laughs> uh, I haven't asked you for it though, because yeah. I know you don't. I just haven't taken the time to go order it or something, which eh. <laughs> just got to try to find it. So, uh, uh, I mean, Leo, you have one more card. I do. And I feel like uh, my personal last card really crowns what this set <laughs> is about. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's real name. It's it's layman name is Yadaro Wandering Monster. It is a let me click to the right page. It's a legendary creature. It's a dinosaur turtle. I think that's really cool. That, I like that type line. Uh, he costs five red red. That's neat. It's a big red creature. He's an 8-8. Eight, eight. That's that's beefy. He's got trample and haste. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has cycling for one in a red. Cycling is a fantastic ability that came back for the set. I really like cycling in general. This is really cool. When you cycle Yadaro, you shuffle it into your library. Um, sorry, when you cycle Yadaro Wandering Monster, shuffle it into your library from your graveyard. If you've cycled a card named Yadaro Wandering Monster four or more times this game, put it onto the battlefield from your graveyard instead. Cycling can't be countered. Cycling happens at instant speed. He has trample and mm-hmm. haste. He is a turtle with haste. Also, his <laughs> alternate card is Godzilla Doom Inevitable, and that Doom is inevitable. You see that your opponent on turn two cycle this thing, and you're like, hmm, he's coming. A couple turns later, they've cycled mm-hmm. a few times, and then at the end of your turn, they're like, I'm going to cycle this again. You can't counter it. I drew it. You still draw the card. It doesn't replace. It's not like some other things where it replaces the card draw with this thing instead. It's still, I paid two, drew a card, and here's an 8-8 with haste. Hurrah. <laughs> you can have four of them in your deck. So if they answer the first one and then you draw another one and you pay two, you get another one coming at you. I like this card so much. The name is amazing. There's like three or four versions of Godzilla in this set. I don't care. This is my favorite. He's big. He's chonky. He's angry. There's fighter jets in the background. It doesn't matter. He's coming at you. He's swinging. It... Also, even better. It's like with this all. That classic, like, kind of groany, really echoey, old-school Godzilla roar sound effect. Mm -hmm. Every single version of Godzilla, when it 
enters play with that right card style on it in arena has that roar. Nice. It's I love oh, so nice. good. And I believe the I believe they're slightly different for a couple of them. And I think the Doom Inevitable, if nothing else, is just a little louder. That, or I might just be imagining it because it's my favorite one. Doesn't matter. It's coming in rumbling. It now, does have the best name. Uh, I will say that there is there is a difference here because there is only three Godzillas. Doom Inevitable, Primeval Champion, and um, King of Monsters. Technically... The Death Corona and Biocorts are space. Space Godzilla, Godzilla is actually that's Space true. Godzilla is actually a separate entity. Yes, there um, that is true, and is a villain. He's a he's a bad guy. What he's about Baby Godzilla? That's a Godzilla. Look, Gadzu- uh, actually, you a Gadzuki different Godzilla. Alone. That is that is that is son of Godzilla. That is not Godzilla himself. So there. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doom inevitable is inevitable. Absolutely. <laughs> he's so big. He's so fast. He's so chonky. And I'll like he yeah. is also one of the ones where I do actually legitimately like the art and everything on the regular mm-hmm. version. He's just this like happy derpy turtle that is randomly just gonna haste out and smack you around. Like That is true. He's like he uh, He's very pink. I'm like, ah, oh, I like this. He's like a happier version of it. And then you switch to Godzilla and you're like, ah, I'm dying. I understand that. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, that version of Godzilla as well is is actually kind of interesting because it's the atomic Godzilla yeah. that actually one of his big attacks. You actually see it in uh, King of Monsters. I reference it where he explodes. Yeah. He gets all red and explodes. That's so good. That is that is that version of Godzilla right there, and I, I love it. It makes me so happy. And I like how a lot of them are referencing the older Godzilla stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, as much as King Ghidorah is clearly from the newer stuff. Yeah. Um, but the old stuff is just—it's good. They like, have King Caesar in this. I forgot he existed. The last time that I remembered oh, yeah. a mention of King Caesar was when I was writing a paper on this in college. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like. Biolante, like there's two King Caesars. That's right. That's there the is. cool uh, thing too. There's the because the king they have King Caesar for the uncommon like mono white mutate, and then King Caesar is the apex is the Mardu apex. Snap. Oh, Snapdax. Yeah, Snapdax. Which also I just like that name too. Snapdax is dope. And we haven't even touched on the fact that like every mutate card in this set also has a comic book art. And yes, so, yeah, the spider has a really good one. Yes, all of the comic book art, uh, Narset, all of the Planeswalkers, Narset's comic book art is pretty neat. Um, so there's like, the do. if you're if you're someone that's like, I'm gonna get every version of Ghidorah and be super excited, you're you're doubling down on something awful because there's a foil non foil of Ghidorah, foil non foil of the base card, and foil non foil of the comic book. Yep. But only one of them has the I mean, Ghidorah I'm... style, and it's real good. <laughs> I will say, it's also nice that like the box toppers are just foil. Even though it seems to follow a little bit of the rarity, so you'll get the uncommons more likely, you are going to only get a foil. Yeah, it's it's good. 
It's good. Oh, I have, I have Angerus one... is going in the deck. <laughs> Reach and trample. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's got mutates. Yes. And my my one serious critique, like I I get that, you know, the company that owned the rights to Godzilla is a Japanese company. Probably part of the deal was the three that are in Japanese only. Yes. Like I get that. That's cost of marketing. That's fine. You know, maybe giving some homage to where it all started. But Mecha Godzilla being the like crystalline Hulk is such a terrible thing to lock to one language. Because it's probably the most complicated card that's a Godzilla card. It's... <laughs> You're going to have... I... I don't like that it's a possible... Not only is it, like, a complicated card, it's a complicated card that is good enough to see play in multiple formats. Like, <laughs> there is a non-zero amount of the fact that it's a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three artifact creature that can be put into play from Workshop... That means it might show up in vintage workshop lists. Thankfully, vintage is only played on Matt on Moto, so it'll handle itself there. But there's other formats like Canlander where that can also happen. And if you've seen players at competitive settings have to figure out how they want to determine the player draw for the first game, getting two players to settle on how to randomly choose one of ten options in a game sounds like an <laughs> awful nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like some people could be a problem almost on purpose and still get away with it in the rules. It's... I mean, that's why that's and, why judges are there. There have been some great judge calls that involve no, you're calling me and the game hasn't... You haven't even determined who's on the player draw. All right, you... Which one are you? Are you odd or even? And then I'm going to roll a dice because that's the only way we're fixing this. And a judge yeah. walking away very disappointed in humanity. I mean, and that's once you've determined, pretty commonplace for a judge, though. Yeah, it's, it really Let's is. Be honest. But once you've determined all of that and you've cast your uh, Mecha Godzilla and you've put your counter on it, you have your and then someone finally asks. What's its creature type? Who's gonna remember it's a giant? I that this is also true. <laughs> that is also amazing because like I didn't notice that at first because I keep looking at the Mecha Godzilla like oh that's really cool it, you know might have to purchase one individually at some point and then I like reference back to the real card and I was like oh it's a giant yeah. what yeah, like all the others are like yeah it's a beast it makes sense like it's like or Mothra's an insect yeah. perfect. Like, well, it's a I like the dinosaur. creature type for mysterious egg is just egg. Yes, egg is a creature. Type. <laughs> well, that matters. There is a Naya commander that cares about creatures with the type egg. Nope. It's pretty neat. I forget her name. Uh, hmm. something nest. Something nest yeah, order. Uh, it's like I want to say it starts with a P. It's like Palatni or something like that. Right, but yeah. yeah. Um, so like when you. This set is obviously we're we're all big fans of the set, but we have to get to our our rating. And um, uh, so, Darth Tater, what is your what is your rating out of this set? Godzilla scream out of ten. Gideon's still dead. Okay, Leo, what's your rating? I mean, you about as have like you could probably just insert my rating as a soundbite of the Godzilla scream. That's just me. It, that or it's three otters out of three. Like I believe there's three only three otters in the set. That's that also works. It's so good. 
it has everything I want. Um, Eleven out of ten. <laughs> so so my my scale as with the usual Hydra heads, it is a is it a tw- is it a twelve headed Limorian pry- pyroclastic Hydra? It is the best of the Hydras you can get. <laughs> it's big. Twelve heads. One of them has a goat. It regrows its head in, in double the time, and you can only kill it by cutting off all of its heads simultaneously. And it also shoots fire, lightning, and ice. <laughs> so. Like it's it's just it's got all the bells and whistles. I love Godzilla. I love Godzilla outside of this set i love godzilla as a franchise um getting it in this set i was already excited when when darth tater just told me the tagline for ikora which was you know the giant beasts basically and i'm like that sounds like my kind of set then the godzilla stuff became real because i we also heard behemoths yeah layer of behemoths and i was like that sounds like my kind of set um like I would have said, uh, what what was the first one for the dinosaurs? Uh, Ixalan. Yes, Ixalan was when yeah. dinosaur became a creature type. So Ixalan was some. I was currently not playing during Ixalan. I was actually going through a lot of personal stuff at that time, and I wasn't playing Commander at all. Um, so I missed Ixalan um, entirely, and I always kind of regretted that because, like, pirates and dinosaurs. Yes, please. Like. But I, I'm out of the loop on those cards, and I don't really care about them because I wasn't there. But to be around Ikora, I actually really... This might inspire me to start playing again, honestly, because I, I can't I can't get enough of this. The big monsters, all this stuff. The, I love the mutate mechanic by itself. It doesn't even have to deal with like the fact that it's Godzilla stuff. Just to like, mutate. I don't know. I don't like bestow, but mutate, it feels so much better to me. It, there's I don't know there's something about this set and like I will there's a part of this part of my rating is the fact that unlike every other one I got to play it ahead of time before we did this but on top of mm-hmm. everything else like I I love commander and I'm also a big limited player and this is one of the best limited sets I've played in a long time the draft environment is honestly amazing and put that all together with Godzilla with a opening trailer that has Vivian fighting a giant monster with her own giant monsters and bad reputation plays at the very end, you see the, like, the ground, the Godzilla ground shake and hear him roar. Like, you put all of this together. This this set is the whirlwind of, like, the 14 or 15 things that I like just all doing that, you know, the muscle-bound handshake meme and violently throwing itself (laughs) at me. Now we just need the Monster Hunter set, and we're good. The A couple of the cards that I almost got onto my list, there are two cards that I look at the art, and I'm like, these are Monster Hunter references. I almost wonder if that was a backup. Was that a backup tie-in? I, if they couldn't get Godzilla to I work. would not be surprised, because like, you look at um, Chevel, the green-black Bane of Monsters legend in the set, and then yeah. the Titan Hunter in the Commander set... Like, Chevel has the closest jaw blade that isn't a jaw blade that I've seen in a card art in this game. Like, it is so close to just being the giant jaw blade. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, what you're not wearing. Chevel. Uh, he's a green black. It's C H E V I L L. 
And this isn't even to mention that we've got three color fetchable lands out of this set too. Oh which, yeah, which, and none of us picked those. Which also cycle, which also has that great comic book alternate art style. Sure, they always enter tap. Doesn't care. Three color tri land fetches like this fetchable tri lands. Like mm, this set is. This set's great. Like, I, there are some power le- power creep issues I've seen, particularly oh. in regards to the companions, which I do get. There is a non-zero amount of, if you are playing a deck right now that doesn't have a companion, you are doing it wrong because you are losing out on a lot of free value. But I don't care, because it's yeah. the Like, the feel yeah. of companion is great. There might be some power level True. issues there for their first outing. I don't care. I love them. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, I really like Yorion, the blue-white, but its requirement of your starting deck has at least 20 more cards than the minimum. It's like, oh, but you're not even allowed to try to yeah, do that in Commander. He self-banned himself in Commander before it even... Yeah, <laughs> he banned what himself. What I think is the... Fun- but, like... Go ahead. I was going to say, even just, like, thinking about playing as a Commander, like, he has a really good flicker effect, not to, not to delve deep into him as an extra card, but, like, I'm fine playing him as just a Commander, so I don't... Not terribly offended yeah. that he accidentally banned himself as a companion. Or but. just, like, throw him into a flicker deck. He's a body that flickers. It's decent. Like, I, would, I wouldn't I would be opposed. I find it's hilarious that in Limited and in Constructed, I have seen people with Yorion companions. I've seen pros playing control decks with Yorion as their companion in an 80-card control deck and doing well with it. <laughs> That's I've, really, That actually feels really I cool. have both seen and have played a Limited deck... Normally 40 cards. I've played a 60 card deck in limited with Yorion in the companion slot. And I felt amazing because it meant that every game, my opening hand as an eighth card, I had my five mana, four, five flying bomb from the start. Didn't have to worry about finding it. I was like, oh, this is great. I might be playing some real bad cards in here to hit a 60 card limit, but this feels good. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I actually found Chevel. Yeah. It's kind of like a job. It is. I, I get where you're coming from. Like there, there. It's not quite there, but like the silhouette and the fact you can see it is made out of a monster's jaw blade. It is just like so yeah. close, and you're like, mm, there's a non-zero amount of alters into a monster hunter in this card's future. Yeah, I also think it's kind of funny that that card um, goes back to a bounty counter. Bounty counter is something that we've we've dealt with in Commander a little bit, and like original bounty yeah. hunter. And we also, in the commander decks, have one commander hearkening back towards an experience counter. So I don't know if it's, like, people trying to go back to a mechanic they like, or if that was, like, leaving windows open. Either one. It's just, like I said, just home run. Like, you couldn't have put it better. Godzilla scream out of (laughs) ten. Yep. Well... Uh, I think that wraps us up for tonight, folks. Um, great set. Um, everyone's probably already started playing it before we have even posted this, but whatever. Um, you know, because most people are playing digitally considering the times we're in um, because of Space Godzilla, Death Corona. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is your host, Forge1. You can catch me at HunterSubPod on Twitter. Um, see me doing some more mycology stuff lately. We got a lot of podcast episodes going up at the same time, including side quests, the uh, event quests here, um, and of course our weekly show. And then, uh, 
we'll uh, have to catch you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Leo? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the Leo Riser, where I will be desperately running away from or chasing after a Godzilla Doom Inevitable. One of the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And Darth Vader. Uh, the, the same rule applies. Yeah, but we gotta say it every week. <laughs> every time. You can't get a hold of me. You can't find Bobby. You can't find him. Nope. Alright. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight, and have a good one. Bye. Bye.